0: Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Trinity Musan-Wofford, co-founder and CEO at Gold, a Brooklyn-born health and beauty brand. With her partner, she founded GOLD in 2017 with the mission of bringing accessibility to the wellness industry via approachable products powered by superfoods. Since launching the brand at age 23, Trinity has been named one of Forbes 30 under 30 and most recently landed GOLD on the shelves of Target stores nationwide. In this episode, Trinity shares all about her journey from being inspired by her mom's health issues to taking the leap and launching gold. We chat about the challenges she's faced scaling the business, as well as pressures being the face of the brand, tips for building an authentic brand, and the importance of finding your why and mission. Keep listening to learn more. Trinity, welcome to the podcast. I am so looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. I am as well.
0: (laughs) So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to really help our community thrive on their wellness journey. I know that is very aligned with what you are (laughs) trying to do as well. And so we always start the podcast with your own personal wellness journey. And so I'd love to really start there and hear were you always into superfoods and these wonderful things? And then ultimately, how did that all play into you starting and launching gold?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely a journey. I was raised in kind of a wellnessy family, I would say, but like more old school stuff. I grew up with my grandmother eating only organic and like making sure I took my cod liver oil and stuff like that. And and so where did um, you grow up? I grew up in upstate New York in uh, a town called Saratoga Springs. It was, especially at that time, kind of like Birkenstock land, you know, like you were definitely kind of in in that world. And I didn't think too much of it. Like these things just kind of seemed normal to me. And then, you know, I I wouldn't say that I was as a child kind of overly focused on it. And I kind of didn't come back around to it in like a, a passionate sort of way until I was a teenager. And that was um, during a time that I was watching. My mom who was really struggling with an autoimmune disease. My mom has rheumatoid arthritis. She switched over to seeing this more holistically minded physician. And she saw this incredible improvement in her symptoms. It was like night and day. And I was raised by a single parent. So I was re- like, that was very, I was the only child. Like, so that was a very impactful thing for me to watch. And that was some of
0: the things that she had changed in her routine.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like specific supplements, but it was also cutting out certain foods. Like she found that, you know, gluten was definitely a trigger as, you know, an inflammatory food. If you're dealing with a lot of inflammation, different kinds of pieces like that. And I think even just kind of that fundamental understanding of being treated for like a, a chronic illness through the lens of looking at things more holistically was just so different from what you typically get, which is like, well, I can give you this prescription. I don't care how you're feeling emotionally or what your diet is or, you know, any of that. So I think just bringing all of that in and then lining it up with the right sort of functional medicine types of treatments and and supplements and and whatever was a game changer for her.
0: That's amazing.
1: And I thought so too. And so that was where I decided it was like my, my, you know, little light bulb moment. I, this was my career path. And I, I wanted to be a physician and be someone who was kind of practicing medicine through this lens of holistic wellness and pairing the two together and to make a long story short, you know, all, I, I kind of followed through with that dream. I was pre-med in college. I went down to NYU and in the, in the city and, and all was well until I found out for my mom that she had to stop seeing that doctor. She just couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, of course, that stuff isn't covered by health insurance.
0: Which is ridiculous that it isn't.
1: Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the moment that I had to pause and consider what exactly it was that I wanted to do in the space of wellness and how this piece of accessibility played into it. So I think that was kind of like the seed that was planted that then later led to gold.
0: <laughs> so then what happens? So the seed is planted. Mm-hmm. You've seen the transformation of what this can do, but how can you make this more accessible? And at that moment is the seed planted and you're like, hey, I'm going to start a superfood company or? No. (laughs) (laughs) And you're also how old at this time? Because you launched your product when you're 23. So you're very young during this whole
1: process. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the funny thing, you know, like you, I'm looking back on this and it's, you know, you're 21 years old, realizing that your med school dreams might not quite align with what you want to do. And so I graduated college and wasn't, you know, like so many folks at, at that age, I didn't know what I want. And this was the first time, very type A, you know, this is the first time that I didn't know what I want. I didn't have this kind of this plan, but as it happened, I kind of fell into a marketing career. You know, I was trying to figure out, okay, where can a new college grad go work? And I graduated in 20, no, 2015. And so that was a big time to go and work at a tech startup. So I found this marketing job at a tech startup and what they did, I, I think it's complicated. It would take the whole podcast, to, you know, like algorithms and all this stuff, but um, I really loved it. I loved it being in marketing. I loved being at a startup. I came in there as that, as that company had just closed their series A. I didn't even know what a series A was, you know, just being thrown into the fire. And so I, I, I love that, but then I was still that like friend or coworker who was recommending various herbal remedies to you, depending on how you were feeling. <laughs> Um, I was really known for my garlic recommendation, by the way. I don't know if, if, um, what's your garlic
0: recommendation? Tell us. Yeah. Well,
1: if you are feeling sick, raw garlic at the onset of your symptoms is a miracle worker. And I told this to so many, like very skeptical coworkers of mine who didn't believe they would, you know, mock me all the time for being so holistic, (laughs) um, and I would have I can count on I can count the number of times that someone came in one morning and said Trinity you were right I was feeling sick I swallowed a couple cloves of garlic and I lived to tell the tale so that's my garlic tip love it
0: so how many cloves should you have <laughs> one two three.
1: The more the merrier, if you can stand it, it yeah. does have to be raw. Like the, you know, the delicious like pickled stuff or whatever That's is not like really good cut it. So if you can manage to, to down like two or and, three cloves.
0: And then don't be near anybody. <laughs> yeah,
1: and just avoid humanity. <laughs> it really can knock something out if you're like, it's like that first moment where you're like, oh shoot, I'm coming down with something. Yeah that's when it works. So that's great <laughs> but so yeah so I you know I, I was in this environment of like being exposed to startup life, finding that I, I kind of liked this marketing world but like having this passion for for wellness and natural beauty I, those had kind of always just been things that I had loved. and I think those were kind of the things that were in my brain. I think the final missing piece, was my co-founder Issei, who is also my high school sweetheart. (laughs) Um, I'm sure we can talk more about, (laughs) Um, but he grew up in family business. So his parents have a candle factory that they started out of their garage in the nineties. And so Issei truly like grew up on the factory floor and, you know, watched them build this business together and small business, but you know, something that was able to support their family and so I think that was kind of the the unlock of, hey, this is possible. We could give it a shot. Um, yeah. You know, this is, this is something that is done. And I think those were kind of the things that at least led me to say, hey, I think I have this passion and this interest and I think I could also start a business around it.
0: So did you know from the beginning what the product would be? Was that the initial launch of superfood drinks, lattes, et cetera, Mm -hmm. or it was, hey, I wanna start the company and let's see where there's this opportunity in the marketplace.
1: It was more the latter. And, And, you know, Elizabeth, I was really, as I was kind of drilling down to the idea of launching a brand, I was thinking about my experiences, my own experiences as like a consumer in this kind of wellness superfood supplement space. And I was feeling very caught between this like crunchy granola stuff that I had grown up with in upstate New York. And then, and I don't mean to say granola. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Right. But, and then I think there's then this other side of things that was trending and, you know, was very kind of prestige and luxe, you know, in the wellness and and supplements, superfood space. And so didn't really resonate with me, and also I just couldn't really afford it. So, you know, I was looking at my own experience. Like, okay, I'm like a, I'm a young person, woman of color. I'm really excited about this stuff, but I don't see a space for for me to engage with this in a way that feels really positive and not overwhelming. So, I think where it really started from was this idea of a mission of taking wellness and superfoods and making it more accessible and and approachable most importantly fun for today's consumer
0: yeah i think you've done such an amazing job with the brand you know it it does exude that fun and optimistic and accessible feel to it so i'm curious From the beginning, did you have a business plan? Did you like? How did you really say, okay, have to start? And then was this always your packaging and branding and all that fun stuff?
1: You tell by my reaction to business plan that I did not have one. (laughs) I didn't have one either. (laughs) You know, I think the best ideas kind of they're just born. Yeah, and you just you just go for it. Yeah, you totally go for it, and you don't know all the. Nonsense, I was thinking you you didn't go
0: for it. If you knew all the nonsense. You absolutely would
1: not. (laughs) And I'm also, I feel very fortunate to have started my business so young because I mean, you know, 23 years old, you're just, there's only possibility. There's no sense of repercussion. And worst case scenario, you can always just go move back in with your parents, which is what I did at a certain point in the early days of the business. Honestly, I lost track of the question. I started to think about all the crazy stuff that you do.
0: (laughs) Totally. I was just saying, if you had a business plan and, you know, was the branding, the look from the beginning, because I think you've done a really great job of articulating the fun, optimistic purpose of it.
1: It actually, the, the branding hasn't evolved that much, which I'm very proud of. My partner and I didn't we had like $2000 between the two of us and we were still in our full-time jobs and we didn't know anything about designing packaging but we figured we would just figure it out and so we found like a friend who helped us get things set up in Adobe Illustrator and then we were kind of <laughs> moving stuff around and You know, I, I picked the colors, I picked the, the, the typefaces, whatever. And and those are still the ones that we use. I think since then it has certainly matured in a way. And even now it's, it's kind of a fun journey because as we like now sit on the shelves of like a target, we have to think about, okay, so how does the packaging show up to this type of consumer, which is different from maybe the person we were finding in the like indie boutique or like coffee shop where we were sitting four years ago. So, you know, a a lot of that stuff was just kind of us having fun with it. And and overall, I'm so glad that you kind of point out that you feel like that positivity comes through because the, the goal of Gold was to create this kind of like sunshiny, warm brand that popped and that made wellness less of like this like, you know, plug your nose and like chug something down and and check tomorrow to like, see if it's working. We wanted to make it more of this, this ritual to be enjoyed and everything from like a reasonable price point to packaging that feels really good on, you know, your kitchen counter to like a, a, a good experience. We wanted that to all be a priority.
0: Well, you've done a fantastic job. <laughs> so in the beginning, obviously you were really young. What <sighs> I'm curious to hear, like, hey, I think it's always interesting of the people in your world who are supportive or non-supportive mm-hmm. and are like, what are you doing <laughs> oh, yes. um, or not? You know, it can go different ways. But I'm curious for you at the age that you were, like, was it? more difficult, less difficult in, in terms of really taking that risk and people being like, Hey, just go for it. Cause you're so young and you have the time or like, mm-hmm. you don't know anything. Cause you're 23.
1: It was much more of the latter and got it on multiple sides. I think the benefit of being 23 is you don't care. I mean, people are always telling you at that age that you can't do anything. Mostly you can't, but you just go for it anyways. <laughs> but so our friends. It was a difficult time when we first kind of made that transition because we were working full-time at our jobs now every weeknight, every weekend we were dreaming up this idea like it was all we could think about we were obsessed and our friends wanted to still just kind of hang out like usual and we were like well do you want to hang out and like help us out with this photo shoot maybe <laughs> Is that what on? On- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's what we're doing on saturday And so there was definitely I think there were moments of kind of like what are you guys doing like I don't understand this and. What was nice honestly but it's kind of hard to think back to is that you know this was only five or six years ago, but this was this really predates the moment of like entrepreneurship becoming this like sexy thing that everyone, especially such young people, I think now feel so much pressure to do. Like now everybody's got at the very least like a side hustle or an agency or or something. And on one hand, I think it's good, but on the other hand, I, I think there's a lot of pressure in that. And so this was just a little bit before that moment. So our friends were like, what do you mean you're starting your own business? Issei's parents who are entrepreneurs were like, yeah, right. Like we're like, I'll you know I'll tell you whether to file as a like a, a C corp or an S corp, but like good luck because you don't know what you're doing. And in hindsight, I do often wonder why, given that they own a, a candle business, why we didn't just launch a candle company to keep, <laughs> keep things a little easier. But I definitely more I don't believe in you than I do believe in you. But I, I think you never start a business because you're hoping that people will believe in you in your earliest days. I think you do it because you don't care if they believe or not, you believe in it.
0: Absolutely. So are there any tips that you think would be helpful for, especially as you say right now, this younger generation who it is a much more difficult pressure on to start your thing, like how, what advice could you
1: give? Life is long. And I think that we all feel this pressure of wanting to check the box of accomplishment as like as quickly as possible. We want it. But if you think through the end of that sentence, almost like, what are you going to do once you've accomplished all of your dreams at the age of 25? Then what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're probably not actually going to be as satisfied as you think to just retire off into the sunset for another 70 years. And I, I think just kind of, coming back to the reality that you have a lot of time to think about what your goals might be and you're going to achieve goals in your lifetime that aren't even on your radar yet. Like you don't even know that that's something that you're excited about. And I think that I'm still very young, but I I think that in the process of building a business and going from, you know, being 23 and thinking that I had everything figured out and, you know, now being 29 and realizing that I have very little figured out, I've given myself a lot more grace and a lot more patience around just accepting that like this whole thing more than the business, but like this life is a journey and it needs to be appreciated and treasured and fixating too much on all of these accomplishments, it doesn't bring you very much joy at all. You know, that's not going to be the foundation of you know true satisfaction.
0: I love that. I was just reading a book last night that I can't remember what the name of it is, but he was talking <laughs> about the finding your why and how you know, whether it's an athlete or a CEO looking at, you know, so much of when he first asked them what, well, like what your goals are and it's getting to this number and these accomplishments, but ultimately you get there and it's like, okay, so what? I'm not happy. Right. So really finding that why, which, you know, for you, you're so lucky that you have found this why here. And that might not be the why forever for you, right the why right now that's definitely leading you and seems like a guiding purpose in the brand
1: do you feel like your why has evolved, you know, from starting purely Elizabeth to today?
0: I think my why has, has stayed the same, but has ebbed and flowed. So at the beginning, Mm -hmm. it felt like so purposeful and so clear that this is what we were doing. And then it went into this path of the business was just so crazy. And you were like heading into all of it. And I think Mm -hmm over the last I would say like one to two years have been now been able to stop it and be like wait remember this is really why wow. and getting more purposeful in what we're doing
1: mm. and how many years has it been since you started 12 and a half <sighs> that's that's so special and it, it like it hits me because I'm 5 years into the journey now and I know what you mean about when things get complicated and you're trying to maximize your velocities on shelf and like it's hard to think about that and think about your your why and your mission in one moment and so it's it's reassuring to hear that you know those ebbs and flows do come and then like there can be a time where you have a little bit more brain space back to lean back into that the way that, you know, you lean into it when you're first getting started.
0: Totally. Cause you get caught up in all of the like great things and the bad things, but like, Hey, we mm-hmm. just got into target. We did that and then it's like, right. hey, wait, wait, why are we here?
1: Right, right. What is the point of any of this? if not getting back to that mission.
0: Totally. So let's dive in to product a little bit and, mm-hmm. and talk about really the mission behind some of your key ingredients. And for people who don't know the brand, like, What's number one, sellers, what's your favorite, lattes, masks, I'm going to mask tonight, I'm excited. Yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Gold is a superfood wellness brand, so uh, everything is powered by superfoods and basically all of our products are different powder superfood blends. For the most part, they are superfood blends that you are ingesting. So adding to your favorite smoothie, making a superfood latte with, you know, adding to water. And then we do have a couple of cult favorite superfood face masks, which I'm very excited for you to try. Um, And so, you know, really our whole mission is to lead with the superfood. So rather than like, a lot of supplements or beauty products that you might see on the market that are like infused with like 0.011 percent of like one extract of something we like the base of our formulas is always superfood so to give you a few examples we have a turmeric latte blend we have three different flavors of it we have an original a cacao and a, a matcha green tea flavor the base formula of that is coconut milk. And the coconuts are sustainably harvested and and grown with regenerative agriculture practices. And we really try to create these feel-good products that have real benefits that are truly sharing with our community the power of the superfood itself, to be delicious, to be good for you, to be very easy to build into your routine. I think we have about 12 SKUs in total now. And so there's the, the turmeric latte blends that I mentioned. We have a really delicious uh, mushroom cocoa blend called Shroom Shield that we formulated after, like we wanted the experience of like a like a healthy swiss So You get no mushroom flavor, but you get the benefits of like reishi, et cetera, for immunity and, and stress. I would say, my fate, if I have to choose a favorite, which I'm sure you understand, Elizabeth, this like totally choosing a favorite it. child.
0: <laughs> but then you like um, secretly have one, <laughs> 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 which I don't have kids. So I don't know if that's the same for your children, but I'm presuming it probably is. <laughs> we'll presume.
1: But so, or at least like where I think I would recommend that people start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a product that we launched last year that has really turned into like a hero and a bestseller. Which is called Coconut Collagen Boost. And this is a 100% plant based, vegan friendly collagen booster. And so it uses ingredients like bamboo extract that are proven to help your body make more of its own collagen. And it comes in the form of basically like a powder creamer. So it's like this delicious vanilla coconut cream powder that you could, yes, that you can add to your coffee. I love this one because even if you're not wellnessy yet like you're not into smoothies or whatever this can go into your coffee it can go in your matcha it can go in your tea whatever you want to add a little boost to it's such an easy place to start so that's one of my favorites and then i think i can't get through this podcast without mentioning our matcha it's just like it's just a cult favorite it's nothing but pure 100% green tea, matcha. But if you've been looking for a really good one that's actually affordable and high quality, that's a good place to start.
0: Love it. So <laughs> now that you have 12 SKUs yes. and over the last five years, you've now gotten into Target. Uh-huh. Certainly, I'd imagine that was a huge boost for building the brand awareness. I'd love to hear any tips as you've scaled and built the brand of really how you think you've done it successfully, and really gone from probably starting up in your apartment, mm-hmm. to being on the yes. shelves at Target, which is a massive unlock.
1: Yes, I mean there are so many different things that I, I think have helped us, and then there have been things that I know hurt us, and now I can learn from them and, and pass on. Which would be great
0: the- tips to share of what
1: didn't yes. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that what does work. Is staying true to the mission. Like I I think you can evolve the brand, but for example, when you go onto the shelves of like a a major retailer or or whatever, you find this like new big unlock opportunity. It's tempting to say, Well, we're just gonna do whatever you know we need to do to do well there, and like you know, to 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 think about your packaging differently or or your product differently. And there are certain things that you want to do to optimize for those moments, but remembering that when that moment comes, they're bringing you in because of who you are and because of your perspective. And so you can mature the brand by making packaging updates or you know tweaking the formulas, whatever, but staying true to that is going to be why you win. So I think that is a really important one. I think that like in some ways we've done that well. And then in other ways, I've kind of thought, oh, you know what? I think we can take this and, and make it a little bit more true to who we are. And then I would say the other biggest thing is talking to your customers all the time, all the time. And in some ways we have always kept a really open line of communication with our customers. We have a very engaged Instagram audience, et cetera. But it wasn't until more recently that I, you know, we started doing just like straight up customer interviews and saying, hey, like, why do you love us? How did you find us? And that has been such an unlock. Um, to and learn. Th- yes. I mean, they have so much to say and they're so excited to tell you about it. And then you start to see the patterns and you can identify who, like truly who is it that buys this product and why do they buy it? And it might not be like the, the hypothesis that you've been operating off of and, and or there might be like a totally different customer persona out there that you hadn't really looked at yet. So I think having that, that as direct of a line and like as many different touch points as possible can only do you good.
0: Yeah, those are great tips and you've done a really great job on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) How has that been for you as being founder, kind of face of brand, Uh being on Instagram, showing stuff, not showing stuff?
1: Oh, it's been ups and downs. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to be the face of my brand when I started it. And then it was my partner who was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, get out there. (laughs) They, They need to see you, you know? And so. We found that that was impactful, that people liked feeling like they had that connection to, to me and, and to the company. And I think at a certain point, especially around 2020, and this was in, in the wake of like the most recent wave of la- the Black Lives Matter movement, et cetera, I kind of found myself as a young Black founder, like placed on this pedestal and, you know, expected to, to make all these statements. And it was really overwhelming and, and stressful to have that many eyes on me. I I didn't start off as a person with a social following and like then start a business. And so you get to a certain point where oftentimes we've had the challenge of like our business looking bigger than it actually is because we have such an engaged following on social media because we just, I don't know, it resonates with people. Because you rock it. (laughs) Oh, But but you know people are like oh cool so that must be you guys must be as big as as I don't know like a like a glossier or something like that (laughs) I'm like we are so so small (laughs) and so you know you get you you start to get these comments that are like holding you to a certain standard that, you know, I'm like, there's like five of us, like, right. like you in, you barely whole- get
0: an email back in 24 hours. Cause there's so few right. of us. Like,
1: Please. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I think that the internet is not always the most patient, kind or understanding place. And And so that at times felt like a lot. And there were many moments where my gut feeling was like, I regret all of this. I want to crawl under a rock. I don't want anyone to be able to comment about me or my brand in this way. Like it just, it felt so personal and it it really hurt me. So I I think now I feel like I've found a little bit more of a balance where I'm careful with what I share so that I don't feel like I'm putting stuff out there that I'll you know, feel bad about later or like someone could make me feel bad about. But at the same time, I, I do still see the importance and the value of having that story. I, I think people resonate with brands because they feel connected to them. And one of the easiest ways to create that connection is to have a human connection. So we definitely don't want to get rid of that, but it, it is about kind of finding the balance.
0: What were some of the things, obviously you have a wellness company. I'm sure mm-hmm. you had some, have a heavy <laughs> wellness routine. I'd love to get into that. But in particular with this, like what were some of the, the tips strategies tools that you did personally because that sounds like it must have been a really hard time in your life to get yeah. through that and like not be crawled under a rock and and hibernate for
1: months oh my gosh well first of all I think I did kind of hibernate a little bit like I, I and I don't know that that was good for me but I did I, I kind of I shut down a lot of things I didn't take meetings that I didn't want to take like I I did do a little bit of that so which but is okay, which
0: is like totally okay to do.
1: Right. Exactly. Like I think you, you do have to find a, like I didn't show up on social media for a while. Like I did kind of withdraw and just rethink what it was that I was out there doing and, and why I was doing it. I got really into gardening last year. That's <laughs> a- oh my gosh. It's such, it's such a blessing. Like I, um, it's so lovely to have something that you're into that is totally, it's, it's totally not work. It's totally not the internet. Cause you know, it, it's like the the tricky thing is when you have now this personal brand and you have a company, you can't just like scroll through Instagram or something and just like have a nice time. You're like, Oh, this brand is doing this. Okay. This person just commented here, whatever. Like you, <laughs> the internet is not really a place of unwind, but you can go out into the garden and just be focused on like weeding or whatever. And, you know, it doesn't have to be gardening for everyone, but I, I think finding something that is just a total change of pace that completely puts you in a different mindset. I I think it's okay to have like stuff that you do outside of work that is related to work in one way or another, like that's okay, but you gotta have something that's like, just, just for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great tip. And it's so easy to get caught in Mm -hmm. just like being on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. I totally feel you on that one.
1: Yeah.
0: So what are some of the other wellness, I guess, what's your wellness kind of philosophy from a food perspective and then talk about any sort of morning routines, night routines, any kind of Mm -hmm. rituals that you have.
1: So my overall like definition of wellness is just the collection of practices that helps you feel like your best self. So I, I'm not super prescriptive about it and, and, you know, neither is our business. We really just want people to do what helps them feel good in, in their routines. And so within my wellness routine, as far as kind of like daily practices on like nutrition, whatever, I find that especially as I've gotten more towards my late twenties, like I don't eat a lot of processed food just because it makes me feel like junk. You know, like I don't, I'm not the person that's like reaching for potato chips every day, not because I think they're evil, but because like, I want to feel good the next day. And, you know, sometimes things don't sit well with you. So I I think it's kind of just finding from like a food perspective, what helps you feel energized and full and and balanced but not getting super restrictive unless you know you have a medical condition that requires that and then more kind of like self-care kind of stuff so like first of all it's gardening i'm very serious about that but also you know
0: what's in your garden
1: oh my gosh so i planted a whole garden at my mom's house because i was staying with her during like the kind of the peak of the pandemic 2020 and 2021 and so some of like, w- this is very, this is very me that I did it this way, but I, I got really excited and I decided that I was going to start a bunch of seeds. So I ordered like five different seed catalogs from all these like heirloom seed companies and decided that I was going to be single-handedly the one to bring the bees back to the neighborhood <laughs> and everything. And so I, I ended that. up with like 75 different heirloom seeds. oh my God. I mean, more than you could, more than I could have ever even possibly started, you know, like five different varieties of peas. And, you you know, I, I went a little overboard and I think this year I'm going to be paring it back significantly, but I love to grow vegetables. I also eat flowers. Like any, I love that, like something that gives you that sense of satisfaction, like pulling a carrot out of the ground. Like you can't beat that feeling.
0: (laughs) You're inspiring me to order some seeds and start my garden. Now's the time. Yeah. It's
1: a great time to start your seeds and then they'll be ready. Uh, your yeah.
0: favorite place to order.
1: Ooh, seeds? yes. <laughs> Where are you based?
0: I'm in Boulder.
1: Okay. So if you are interested in, first of all, if you're interested in any kind of more like specialty, like Asian vegetables, there's a great... Seed company called Kitasawa that is based in California, and then there's a few that are kind of more local to my neck of the woods, but I think they ship nationally. Hudson Valley uh, Seed Company is 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 a really big one, and then High Mowing Seed is another one. So those are all really great, really wonderful. They have little like starter seed packs if you want to. So fun. All right, I might have to do not go overboard like I did, (laughs) but. Outside of gardening, I, I think I I try to kind of un, unwind fully at the end of a work day. Like I'm not the one that's on email at 9 p.m. You will not find me there. I'm usually in bed at 9 p.m. So honoring like what works for you. I'm more of a morning person, so I can get in and get started at work, you know, seven or eight o'clock in the morning. But after like 6 30 or so I'm really not gonna be tapped in. So I think setting those boundaries and then doing the skincare routine, whatever it is, it's a, it's it's good to just kind of do whatever makes you feel balanced and at ease.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm such a morning person and <laughs> I'm right there with you going to sleep by nine o'clock. But it is finding <laughs> those moments. It's funny, I was showering last night. I have been at a trade show all week. So I was like so happy to be home. And I have a seat in my shower that normally Mm -hmm. I just like shave my legs on the seat. But last night I sat down and it was so nice. I sat there for like two minutes and I turned it really high. And I was like, God, why have I not just done this? And for those two Mm -hmm. minutes, it just felt like such a luxury. And I'm like, I'm going to start making this part of my routine.
1: Yes. So
0: that yeah. Those like little moments for you that are so important.
1: Yeah. The things that feel like a luxury, even though they're so small, those are the things that I think are so good to accumulate.
0: Absolutely. What do you think is next in wellness? And
1: I what's mean, next
0: for you guys?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very excited about where the wellness market is going and it has shifted so, so much since we came on the scene five years ago. And I do think that there is this like awakening of the the kind of everyday consumer to be getting more into this stuff. It was not that long ago that we were out there trying to convince people that they should be putting these powders in their smoothies and their lattes. And now, we get out in front of people at a a trade show or an event and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do this. I do that. And now the conversation we have to say is like, well, here's why you should choose gold, which is a a totally new kind of dynamic. And, And so I think it's becoming so much more mass. It's becoming more accessible and it's becoming more normalized. It's no longer this kind of, you know, the luxury thing or like the hippy dippy thing. It's just what we're all doing to feel good. And, I think the pandemic accelerated that you know people were stuck at home they're looking for ways to ease stress to feel their best to boost their immunity. So i'm excited to see where that continues to go in the next five or 10 years and then, as far as what's new for goal, I think it kind of mirrors that in that. We've spent the first five years really just building the foundation and understanding who our customer is and what our brands about. Wh- you know, what do our products stand for? And now it's about spreading the word and getting it out in front of people and and making sure that when anybody opens up their like pantry and shows you their wellness products, there's a gold product there. And so that comes down to retail distribution. It's it's marketing strategy. It is to some extent, new products. But I think now we're a little bit more shifting focus to looking at everything that we already have on the product assortment side of things and really amplifying it.
0: So fun. What are you most excited about in scaling at this point?
1: Ooh, um, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things I'm apprehensive about. Yeah, what are those? (laughs) What are you not excited about? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, you, we went from being a full-time team of two for three years to now we are a full-time team of about 10, which is still very small, but it's, it's such a, it's such a chain, so different. And I know that it will also feel very different when we're a team of 25. And so I think those things are exciting to me, but they're also like, you have to get it right. You know, you have to hire the right talent. You have to think about how as you scale, you don't lose sight of that mission and you make sure that everyone's kind of on board with it. And so I think those are the things that are their like exciting challenges, which is like, okay, how do we how do we do this, but keep doing it right? And how do we balance this obvious, you know, goal of, of growth and acceleration? with also the sense of keeping the brand moving in a way that feels true to its core and, you know, sustainable for the next 30 plus years.
0: It's a lot of exciting change ahead. <laughs> yes. It's all part of the journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I I think I'm just along for the ride. You know, I I've, we've been through the ups, we've been through the downs and If there's anything that I I think I've really been able to take away from this experience has been that like the the best thing that you can do is just keep showing up and trying your hardest. And sometimes your hardest is going to, you know, knock it out of the park. And sometimes your hardest is going to be a little bit of a flop. But if you just keep doing that and bringing your best self to it, I mean, you'll just deal with the challenges and you'll just move through them one way or another.
0: Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. All right, we're going to move on to some rapid-fire (laughs) Q&A. The best business advice that you've received.
1: Know when you're lucky. Your
0: mantra for success.
1: Ooh, just keep going.
0: Favorite book, podcast, or mentor for growth.
1: Ooh, someone that I've tapped a few times and like always keeps it very, very real with me is um, Tristan Walker from Bevel.
0: What do you want more of in your life? Joy. What do you want less of? Anger. Three random things that you're currently loving.
1: Ooh, um, three random things. I would say I am currently loving actually. Okay. These coasters that I received as a gift they're from because the podcasters won't want the, the the listeners won't be able to, um, see these, but they're from this, this brand called subtle art and oh, those are fun. so cute. And I, you know, and I've, I've got like this whole, Sorry, this is not a rapid fire answer, I'm sorry. Um, But like, I've I've got like my whole beverage routine going with gold and now I feel like I've got the perfect coaster to go alongside it. So that's really great. I would say other things that I've been really into as of late, I have a a gardening podcast that I'm listening to, I'm sorry. This is just- What's it called? It is called A Way to Garden and I am obsessed. So anyone else is a gardening nerd like me, I would recommend tuning in. And then last thing I think that I would say is, there are a few different things, but the the thing that I would probably say is um, there's this waffle and pancake mix from uh, a friend of mine. They have a a brand called Ghetto Gastro, and it's like this gluten-free waffle pancake mix. And I used it for the first time this week. It was very good. So that is is going on the list.
0: On that note, what's a meal that you'll never forget?
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I'm very fortunate to have a life partner that is an excellent cook. So pretty much anything that he makes, but he made really, really, really good pork ribs, like barbecue pork ribs, like not vegan, not not wellness, but like, man, I have been thinking about those for months. <laughs>
0: your favorite gold moment
1: oh my gosh I would have to say the first time that I ever talked to somebody like a random stranger and they were like gold yeah I, I know I, I love I love your brand that still feels really special every time but yeah,
0: yeah. do you remember that particular moment
1: yes the first um, time Yeah. I was at like a trade show event or something like that. And, you know, they asked, I think they were like checking people in for it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm from this company called gold. You know, we're so small. Uh, And they're like, oh my gosh, gold. And yeah, there's just nothing like that. Seeing someone else's face light up about something that you built, you can't beat it.
0: Yeah. I will say 12 years later, like I still feel that way. Every time someone says that, or even just walking into the store, I'm still like, there's our product. Yes. (laughs) What's your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey?
1: Not checking your phone at night.
0: Do you have any tips on how to not check your phone? Put it in another
1: room. Don't like out of sight, out of mind. That's the key.
0: We could all use that tip for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in closing, is there anything we haven't covered? And I know we also have a discount code for everyone to try.
1: I mean, this has been such a great conversation, Elizabeth. I, I feel like we covered all of it truly. And the discount code for those of y'all who would like to try some gold is livepurely 15. You can get 15% off your first order at gold.co.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Trinity. This was so much fun and congratulations on all your success.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on live purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.